On the tee, the knackered golfist. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Knackered Golfist podcast. I am your host, the Knackered Golfist. Well, I am, I was feeling a bit knackered after I went to the range at Sacramento National back on Sunday. And the discovery that I made today, which was sort of groundbreaking, um, drum roll please, is that it's better to practice at the range with, wait for it, wait for it, golf shoes rather than tennis shoes and i have been i had been making the mistake all along of wearing tennis shoes while i hit balls at the range and that is not correct that's not right because what i learned tonight is that by wearing the golf shoes to the range you're actually able to plant your body a bit better and you're able to be a bit more stable than you would if you weren't wearing golf shoes. Um, but that whole Sam Snead thing where he plays golf barefooted, that, that, that didn't resonate with me. Um, I was trying to do that with the tennis shoes, and uh, it really wasn't working. Because I was really, really, really sore after hitting balls for a period of time that... Uh, I was hitting balls for maybe, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, and then getting really tired, and then just like being sore, and then having to take a break, and uh, and I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit older now, but I hope it's not a sign of something else, but uh, I'm just saying that it's better to practice, I mean, this is a common sense thing, you get common sense knowledge, commonsensical knowledge here on the Knacker Golfers Podcast. And I wanted to share with you that you are better off wearing golf shoes to the driving range to practice hitting your uh, hitting your balls. If you're a man, you, if you practice hitting your balls, no, I'm just kidding. No pun intended. Um, if you're a man practicing to hit your golf balls that are in the bucket next to you, not the other balls, um, you are better off uh, using golf shoes to to ground your stance and ground your footing on the range. And this is granted also if your range is just AstroTurf mats, um, artificial turf mats that uh, that tend to. Um, I mean, that's all that's all we have here in uh, my area, my neck of the woods. Because uh, to have a properly maintained grass tee driving range is darn near impossible unless you are at a exclusive private. Private, a private country club, not a private country club, but a private country club. I'm saying that with all due respect of the people that are trying out there, but it just doesn't it just doesn't resonate with me. I am not going to go to a grass uh, driving range and uh, hit off uneven lies, and it's just not maintained the way it should be. Because no matter how hard people try, when it gets into the public arena of the marketplace, and especially in golf. And also with the added bonus of the mandate of all private sort of mom and pop golf stores or sorry, golf driving ranges and golf courses themselves 
they're going if they're in California, they're going to be under the mandate of the banning of the of the lawnmower engine to um, curb a fictitious uh, issue that happens that's not actually happening, but many people think that it is. And um, it's it's really it really sort of pissed me off this week thinking about that. Because with all of the businesses that have gone away in the state of California, there are certain, you know, our fear, our, our, our leader in chief, the governor of California has decided to add insult to injury and target actual uh, golf courses that are barely getting by as it is and giving them more of a burden to have to purchase electric equipment to maintain the grounds of the uh of the establishment that they run as a business and as a family uh operation and eric anders lang just did a video of a course in uh monte rio california that's called um it's on the tip of my tongue it's off of highway 116 and um it's a beautiful place that i love driving by and seeing it's surrounded by redwoods and oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to help myself find this with my phone and good lord I am not having success. Oh, there it is. Northwood Golf Club. Eric Anders Lang went to Northwood Golf Club and visited that place and it's a a, a nine-hole public golf course that was designed by Alistair McKenzie and there's a family there in Monte Rio the father uh, runs the golf shop and is the general manager of the uh, of the of the of the golf course, and then the son is the superintendent. But you know, it, it's it's all surrounded by oak trees or sorry, redwood trees, and it's a haven for folks that live in that area. They love going there. It's sort of a it's sort of a spiritual place for them. But it's going to be mandated to only operate electric vehicles or electric uh, mowers and blowers and whatnot, weed eaters, whatever it is. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what the golf course uh, industry, what kind of a hit they're going to take with this mandate, which essentially means, you know, two guys are having dinner and they, and they think about something to, you know, for people to live, to change the way they live to, uh, to, to, for the betterment of so-called society. But it's really, it's really sort of, I don't know if, if, I don't know if I feel scared, if being scared is the right word when it comes to losing places like that. I mean, there's a golf course that comes to mind right now. It's called Campus Commons Golf Course in Sacramento. It's a nine hole golf course. And it's a little pitch and putt that I grew up playing. It's running. It runs against the. It runs next to the American River in Sacramento. Chickens ready. Oh, jeez. Okay, so stand by, folks. I'll be right back. You are listening live to the Knackered Golfers Podcast on WTKG News Radio twenty eighty. And we are back to the Knackered Golfers podcast. Uh, that brief break was brought to you by Chicken Drumsticks and Rice. Chicken Drumsticks and Rice, the way to feed your family on a tight budget. It gets the job done with a little bit of barbecue sauce and garlic salt and a little bit of chicken noodle soup. 
to add a little bit of the savory flavor that we all love. Chicken and rice, the food that people need to eat to stay carb healthy and protein healthy. Brought to you by, offered to you on the Knackered Golfers podcast. Also, a uh, a new, uh, sorry, a continuing sp- uh, supporter of this uh, product is called Canada Dry Black Cherry Seltzer Water. And this recorder is not working right and I'm getting ticked off. Anyway, I'm just going to keep talking because I don't know what the hell this thing is about. I'm really... Jeez. Anyway. What were we talking about? We were talking about mowers not being allowed to run on unleaded and diesel uh, fuels. And it's going to be a heck of a lot more to run a golf course than it has been in years past. And I am frustrated with that. And life doesn't need to be more... um, Gas, the price of gas is going up and electricity is going up and everything's going up and it's really hard to sort of keep my head above all of that chaos and uh, despair that's that's in the state right now. So I'm a bit depressed and I just, uh, well, I mean, not really depressed because I went to go hit balls and I had a really good session and I realized that, let me get another drink here, I realized that it's best to go to the range and practice with golf shoes because golf shoes will keep you planted the way tennis shoes can't. And so last Sunday, I was, as I was explaining, I went to the range and I found myself to be extremely sore after hitting balls. And I was literally limping, almost sort of, cr- I almost fell down to the ground and crawled to uh, the, the uh, checkout stand where I was going because I was in pain. I really needed an ibuprofen and I needed it now, needed it then. I needed it ASAP, but um, if you wear golf shoes, you may not have to suffer the the pain and anguish that I suffered after hitting balls. So I really, and I, I mean, I don't know if it matters or anything, but I did take an ibuprofen before I went to the range, so I hope that doesn't sort of discount my claims that that you're not going to be in as much pain if you wear golf shoes as it, than if you didn't wear golf shoes, so... Anyway, I was practice. I was inspired this week um, because the news was just so dreadful and depressing. I decided to not partake in watching, uh, you know, really depressing news. So I thought that I would interest. I would. I would. I would be inspired by something called the Stinger, and um, you know, we all know we're all golf fans, and we all love Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods really is sort of the modern day um the modern day uh standard bearer as far as what the stinger can do because he has incorporated using that stinger shot to be successful in his winning of golf tournaments whether it's the majors or any PGA tour tournament that stinger is something that people are blown away by because it's a uh, it's a shot that's unbelievable his majestic um, way of covering that ball to draw. Um, there's a shot that I saw this week that was his uh, tee shot. I think it was 2018 or something like that, or it could have been earlier than that. He was at the TPC at Sawgrass during the Players' Championship, and he hit a tee shot off of 18 with it could have been a three or four iron, hit the stinger, went all the way out to the right, and then curved back to the left. Um, going along that um, 
sort of coastline uh, of the of the lake that's there, Lake uh, Pontevedra or whatever, um, or Lake Sawgrass, whatever it is. But it was just an amazing shot. It was had a low trajectory, curving, you know, draw shot. It was just amazing. So, and the ball runs if the if the fairway is firm. So what I did was I. Um, I tried to do that, and so what I was trying to do was, first of all, wearing golf shoes and being planted in the ground with my roots uh, connected to the AstroTurf through my golf shoes, and I didn't move a whole lot. Um, I have a tendency to, when I'm coming down and covering that ball, once I make impact, there's something that makes my right foot I find myself in, especially watching myself uh, on my YouTube channel several times with tennis shoes on. It's actually something that I didn't find myself doing or I didn't feel happening when I was wearing my golf shoes today. So, you know, I just can't stress enough the importance of wearing golf shoes and being planted in your stance, in your seat at the bar, addressing the ball, being in the proper position to hit that stinger, whether it's a draw, whether it's a fade, whatever it is. And uh, it, it, it worked out. It worked out well. I got my one iron out, my Golden Ram 4 7.0 shaft in it, so it's fairly stiff. I got some lead tape on the bottom of the head with the, behind, the, uh, behind the sweet spot on the blade and also some lead tape at the butt of the club underneath the grip. And I, I, fl I was flushing that thing. I was just flushing it. And, um, and, and also, you need to pay attention when you're hitting a stinger is to not really have... A follow through. I mean, I'm thinking of that follow through thing, and maybe they used to call that a knockdown shot back in the early 90s when Hale Irwin would do down in the wind. You know, however you want to do it, you don't really, if you're hitting one of those shots, you really don't have a full 100% follow through. It's sort of an abbreviated follow through that finds itself sort of halfway done when you're finished because it's all about speed also through the ball because once you once you flush that ball, once it's on its trajectory, you sort of find yourself not really completing the swing. So that's the whole point of a stinger is that if you're going to hit a low trajectory shot, you're not going to finish with high hands with your with your uh, with your follow through at the top of the swing. I mean, I think of the the complete follow through is that Ben Hogan um, is that Ben Hogan uh, symbol or logo that was on his clubs back in the day. Not back when Hogan was alive, there was a picture of Hogan. Or actually, no, it's the it's the 1950 uh, U.S. Open at Marion where he hit his one iron on the 18th hole at Marion, and that sort of that posture, that finishing photo finish uh, posing uh, of Ben Hogan is kind of what I'm talking about when you talk about a complete follow through. So I can't believe how low how low that. Uh, how low he was at at parallel. That's unbelievable. I got some, um, I had some good conversation with the fella next to me. There was actually some uh, <clears throat> fires going on in the area. I mean, I live in Northern California, right? And so there's going to be some fires, right? So we had some fires. We had some good conversation about, um, about concerts that this person went to. Oh my God, I hope this thing comes out. I'm I'm sorry for freaking out, but my recorder is giving me this right error that I can't stand. So, anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to keep doing this and see if 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 it uh, if it doesn't work. So, I'm doing this because I want something to listen to tomorrow morning. Okay, I'm going I'm going to work tomorrow. 
I might be a little late going to bed tonight of the, you know, editing and doing this stuff, but I want to have something tomorrow to go to work with, so that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> anyway, so hitting the stinger, hitting, I, I, I got my precision, I'm sorry, my, my persimmon uh, fairway woods out, and I was hitting those, and I was hitting those pretty good. I have a Bridgestone Rex Tar persimmon three wood that I have that has an X100 shaft. Excuse me, folks, that's the Canada dry talking. I re-gripped it and I put some lead tape at the butt end of the club and I'm finding that I am able to not really try as hard. I'm trying, when I'm when I'm up at the top of that swing, I'm able to just sort of gently, gingerly bring that club down and make really good contact with the ball. And you get that really nice persimmon smack going. It's uh, It's a nice sound to hear, especially when you're surrounded by people with the titanium oversized heads that really don't really go anywhere. And, you know, I pride myself as being, look at me, I'm an old school golf enthusiast, and here I am with my persimmon woods and my forged blades, and uh, this is me. This is my golf uh, persona here on the range, and I am, I am better than you, because, <laughs> no, I'm a better golfer than you, because I have older equipment that is harder to use, and I have overcome adversity to try to get this club around my girthy body to make sure that it makes good contact and that sort of thing. <coughs> anyway, so I'm inspired. I'm, oh, the reason why I went to the range is because I'm, I'm, I'm planning on going to hit, uh, not hit balls, but to play golf tomorrow. It's October, it's autumn, the leaves are changing, and it's pleasant to be outside. And I am... I was thinking of playing a golf course uh, called Davis Golf Course tomorrow, but they recently airified the greens, and I don't want to deal with bad greens. So I just decided to come back here to my hometown called Diamond Time, hopefully after the twilight, and get a golf cart, a driving golf cart, to be able to go out there and get some fresh air with the uh, fall air and actually play a round of golf with my blue and yellow Cirxon divide ball. And somebody's taking a shower. Do you hear that? Anyway, so what else do we have? We had so we had a good session with uh, with the Founders Club Blades. Um, those, I, I you know, back on Sunday, I thought that the shafts on these uh, clubs, these amazing clubs, were a bit too stiff for me because I am an older person. I am knackered, and I, I'm i wondering if I need a bit of a less stiff sort of uh, shaft for my irons. Um, that all changed today because I was with my golf shoes, and I'm not in pain right now, and I'm hoping that it's not just because I took ibuprofen before I went. Um I'm, and, and that was like, gosh, that was like four hours ago when I left. So I'm not in pain. I don't find myself in pain right now. And I, I, I think that, well, first of all, what I'm, what I'm doing, I'm sort of watching the, the, uh, the Boyd, what is it called? That f the, the company that makes the, the specialist ferals. I'm waiting for him to make a uh, feral that resembles... So I don't want to give it away. I really don't want to give it away because it's something that is endearing to me and I it identifies with what I am and, and what I like. I kind of don't want to give it away because I don't want that sort of I don't want that feral to go away and have me not be able to buy it when it comes out. 
But he comes out with all kinds of stuff. Oh, man. I'm going to give that guy a plug right now. So, let's go to Instagram. Yes, I know I should be in bed. I know I should be in bed, but I'm not because I care about getting this out to my golfing public, to my loyal golfing listeners. The BB&F Company, the Boyd Blade and Ferro Company, is a outfit that I follow on Instagram. And this gentleman comes out with every sort of color scheme you could ever imagine with these ferrules. And it would be great to talk to him because this guy has some really good taste in in his ferrules and and these these are sort of like being sold by like gangbusters i think i mean you got this john pillayer special looking one you have this um what he calls the mega man 2 you got the uh the thunderstruck slash oakland raiders colors wasabi big sky version 1.1 bullhead Oh, the Del Preston. That is a good one. That's a good one. That's terribly fascinating, mate. The purple diesel. Oh, my gosh. The Rico. Oh, my God. He's need, He's got to have one for um, the guy who does Maniacs. Manolo. What's his name? Good Lord. What's that guy's name? Oh, man. What's that guy's name? Maniacs. You know when you take the club back and you want to put the club down and make the divot? You need to know. You got to smack that shit. I love that guy. That guy is so freaking cool. So, anyway. Um, oh, man. The recorder is having a seizure because it can't handle my passion right now. The Zoom PodTrack P4 recorder, does it work correctly? Or do you have to make sure things are in line before you do anything? I hope not. Well, um, I'm looking forward to playing golf tomorrow. This might just be a, a shortish episode because I'm in the middle of an audiobook right now. I recommend it's a book by Perry McCarthy. He's a former Formula One racing driver. And it's, a, uh, it's called Flat Out and Flat Broke. And I, he recently made an audiobook of this uh, book that he wrote y- years ago, and he came out with the audiobook this week, and I bought it. And it is darn good. It is bloody fascinating to listen to Perry McCarthy talk about what it took to become a Formula One racing driver. And he was also the very first Stig on Top Gear with Jeremy, James, and Richard. And now I, I believe he... Uh, does uh, speaking tours. He's a motivational speaker. And Perry McCarthy is a very, very fascinating bloke, I have to say. And I, it'd be cool to talk to him once. So um, anyway, God bless him. God bless to you for listening to the Knackered Golfers podcast. I hope that this turned out well for us to listen to in the morning when we're on our way to work. And I'm going to go have some chicken and rice. So anyway, thank you for listening. Good night. On the tee, the knackered golfist. Knackered Golfist Podcast can be found on Instagram and also the YouTube channel and also the Facebook channel.
All right. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Knackered Golfist Radio Network.